0: hello and welcome to the deep bible studies podcast where we discover explore examine and practice the word of god i'm your host claudia rivera Guevarez, and today we will go through part two of john 7 20 through 24. and so let's get right started verse 19 is where we're actually starting which says has not Moses given you the law yet none of you keeps the law why do you seek to kill me the crowd answered you are a demon who is seeking to kill you? Jesus answered them, I did one work and you marvel at it. So this one work was referring to John 5, 1 through 17, which says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethsaida, which has five roofed colonnades. And these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. At once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was a Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is a Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said this to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, as there was a crowd in the place. So this healing, as we just recapped, which by the way, we did do an episode on this. So if you want to go back to watch that and hear all the commentary regarding this, uh, this healing is on the Sabbath. And this is a healing that evoked the Jews to persecute Jesus, which of course was all according to God's will. So let's read the next couple of verses. Moses gave you circumcision, not that it was from Moses, but from the fathers. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If on the Sabbath a man receives circumcision so that the law of Moses may not be broken, are you angry with me because on the Sabbath I made a man's whole body well? Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. So we see our Lord constantly forbid and condemn self-righteousness and legalistic judgment upon others. And we can clearly see this in Matthew 7. But we also see in Matthew 7 the demand for, as John MacArthur describes it, the moral and theological discernment. Matthew 7, 1 through 6, which is constantly quoted, says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce you will be judged. And with the measures you use it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice a log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log on your own, you hypocrite? First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy and do not throw pearls before pigs lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. So we constantly hear... Christians quoting the scripture with the excuse of getting away with their sin and not being disciplined. And I myself for a long time did not truly understand what Christ was saying in this passage. Paul Washer, I love this quote, he says people tell me judge not lest ye be judged but I always tell them twist not scripture lest ye be satan. We actually are commanded to use correct judgment or as John MacArthur described it, uh, moral discernment. And we actually see this command in this passage. And I love how Charles Spurgeon dissected this passage when he said, we should use our judgment of course. The verse implies that we judge in a right sense. But we should not indulge in criticizing faculty and others in a censorious manner as if we were set in authority and had a right to dispense our judgment upon fellows. If we impute motives and pretend to read hearts, others will do the same toward us. A hard and censorious behavior is sure to provoke reprisals. We do not object to people forming a fair opinion of our character, neither are we forbidden to do the same towards them. But as we would object to their sitting in judgment in us, we should not sit in judgment in them. This is not the day of judgment, neither are we His Majesty's judges. And therefore, we may not anticipate the time appointed for the final reckoning or usurp the prerogatives of the judge in all the earth. The righteous judgment is discernment that comes from the Holy Spirit. And there is an examination of the self-involved, actually, in this judgment. It reaches out to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye from Christian to Christian, but you first take out the log out of your own eye, which this sinful behavior is accountability. And it's done in love and in prayer and in order. We are not to quarrel, for we are the light of the world and the church has unity which is the difference in the world that doesn't have unity. And yet a lot of times that's not what we see. We actually see the opposite. I mean, I think we're all prone to this and we're humans. It's not to say that we're gonna be perfect, but of course we are to strive for this unity only in Christ. Christ has achieved this unity in himself. He has reconciled us to himself and to each other only by his blood. But we are to walk in righteousness and we are to do it looking to Christ. And so Matthew 18:15 through 20 says if your brother sins against you go and tell him his faults between you and him alone if he listens to you you have gained your brother But if he does not listen to you, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and as a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, If two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. So we cannot truly exercise incorruptible justice. That's just not in the human nature. We are not the righteous judge himself. We cannot and we're not God, therefore we cannot exercise justice. And there will be a day of judgment where everything will come to light and it will be face to face with God. What we can and are commanded to do is not to cause a brother or sister to stumble, which we see that in Romans 14. And in great humility, we are to live ourselves in this righteousness of Christ, which he has imputed to us. And we are to be as innocent as children when it comes to sin and be held accountable in righteous judgment of our brothers and sisters in the faith as well as be open to this righteous judgment that God has called our brothers and sisters in Christ to exercise when we sin. This gives example to the world, which just cancels each other every time at every moment. We cannot hold a believers to the same standard of righteousness because they don't know the holy God. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 talks about this. The unity of Christ, the body of Christ, and the church, it's biblical. They will see, as God says in Exodus 34, five through nine, the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him and he proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, this is what I want to most emphasize. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving the iniquity and the transgressions and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth in worship, and he said, If now I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, please let the Lord go in the midst of us, for it is a stiff-necked people. And pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us for your inheritance." i mean it's true in the context of the israelites and us stiff-necked people we see that we constantly fail i can think of just in this week how many times i have been hot-headed and tempered and in general just completely not been unified with many of my brothers and sisters in christ and and i have repented so much and it's uh, truly brought upon a lot of godly sorrow in my heart sorrow for my own like about my own sin But we always remember how God forsook his own son in our place, that he might take the punishment of the stiff-necked people who he called for redemption and reconciliation none is innocent and all have sinned lied cheated blasphemed fornicated dishonored parents quarreled murdered either with hate or literally lusted committed adultery in his holiness he could have not communed with us and he would have been holy but in his justice and mercy he himself bore the sins of many and died in our place so that in the name of christ They would repent and trust in the savior who beat death and would forever be reconciled to him, justified in personal relationship with and worship of the holy and eternal God. And so let's just end with 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 58, which says, I tell you this brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not sleep must put on immortality then shall come to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in a victory O oh, death where is your victory O oh, death where is your sting the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law but thanks be to god who gives us the victory through our lord jesus christ therefore my beloved brothers be steadfast immovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. You can find more information on our website www.deepbiblestudies.com where you will also find the calendar to go along with the book that we will be studying. You can also find us on Instagram at Deep Bible Studies and Facebook, where you can know every single time we post a new podcast. Also, we have an email, contact at deepbiblestudies.com, where you can ask us any questions and we will be sure to get back to you. I hope you have a wonderful day and see you next time.